This is Deadly Choices Radio, a show dedicated to discussing and educating all health matters and making deadly choices. Health from our mob to our mob for all our mob. All the latest DC news and events. Good health for all our mob. This is Deadly Choices Radio. Hey Mob, Brooke Carson with you for Deadly Choices Radio. Before we kick it off with this jam-packed episode, I'd like to acknowledge our elders, past and present. I'd like to acknowledge the country I'm broadcasting from today and the country you're listening from. So let's get into Deadly Choices Radio. I have Craig Ford from Baden Solutions to yarn with us today about the new e-safety launch. I'm also joined by one of our Deadly Choices ambassadors, Steve Renoff, to yarn all about All Stars last weekend and the NRL season coming up. Um, also share the last of our content from the Murray vs. Korea event where I got to interview some deadly young athletes, catch up with community and yarn with stakeholders. So let's put the spotlight on East. Welcome to the show, Craig. Could you introduce yourself and your mob? My name is Craig Ford. I'm the CTO for Bytem Solutions. Um, my mob is Camilla Roy. Um, I'm still going through a bit of that journey myself, sort of learning my sort of path and getting that connection back to country. But yeah, my mob is uh, from Kimura. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Deadly Choices Radio. Um, first, what is your role with Baden Solutions? Uh, so essentially, I'm the CTO. So I look after all of the technical services and professional services for the organisation. So pretty much I lead the technical team. Awesome. And can you provide some background on this new e-safety program with Deadly Choices? So essentially it's a e-safety, I guess you would say cyber awareness education sort of video series and sort of program to sort of help, I guess you would say, pass on some knowledge and some education and just sort of how to keep uh, young kids a little bit safer online and sort of give them that sort of advice and that guidance of what to do and what not to do and sort of just put them on that right path. And can you tell us a bit about why Baden found it important to offer help to the DC program? I think it's a, a bit of a, a dual alignment on our values, I guess you could say. It, it's sort of, for me personally as well, it, it, it's something that I'm very passionate about, particularly around e-safety and sort of cyber awareness, particularly in that younger sort of space. And I think the, the more we can sort of come together and sort of really pass on the lessons we've got and how to sort of be safer online, I think the better for everybody. Yeah, I think you've touched on it there with um, the younger generation. Do you think online safety is more important for particular age groups um, than others? I think at the moment we see most of the sort of the cyber awareness sort of programs aimed at sort of the elderly group and sort of education in businesses, but we haven't really as an industry or as a community sort of focused on that really younger audience. So I think we're leaving that education piece a bit too late. I think we need to get them when we're sort of at sort of mid to sort of late primary school as they're really starting to come online and really starting to enter that sort of digital world that we sort of all entwined in now so I think yeah it it really I think the biggest focus probably over the next sort of few years should be really around sort of pushing that education and that younger generation and really sort of passing on those lessons so when they get to teenagers when they sort of start doing things on their own and they're sort of led off into that digital world they will understand what is the right things to do and what right paths to go and and have that sort of built-in sort of knowledge and understanding so they they they've le- learnt some of those lessons and the mistakes before they get to that age where it becomes a real issue for them, for that sort of, particularly in the digital, whatever you do online pretty much is always there. It never goes away. So learning those sort of lessons and teaching that education about what they put online, what they're sharing, 
has that lifelong impact, not just why they're young and why they're sort of in teenage years. It will go into when they're having a career and when they're sort of in their adult lives. So, yeah, the, the more we can teach that young group, the better, I think. Yeah, and can you explain what you may see in younger groups that you do have to prevent them from or the education that you do provide and the knowledge and understanding that they do gain to take with them? I think probably some of the, the biggest issues I'm seeing a lot is around sort of the social media where they overshare to a point, um, which is great. We're all in the digital space now and we share everything and we sort of very open with that sort of stuff, but they don't usually understand that. A lot of the time when they share photos, it leaves what they call meta um, data in the photos themselves. So it can tell you the IP address that you're sharing from, the locations, the times and those sort of details if you don't turn that functionality off. And most modern phones will automatically track that unless you switch that off. So when they're sharing that for people that has a bit of a background like myself, I have a bit of an ethical hacking background, it gives you that ability to see where they are, track where they've been, with the locations. And even if they've turned off some of that metadata so you can't physically track the location, it can still show you where you're visiting, when you're not at home, yeah. all those sort of things. And particularly if you, say, the stalking space or bullying space, you know where people go to, you can find where they regularly visit, what they're doing all the time. And burglars can watch social media to find out when people aren't going to be home. Like, it, it, there's quite a lot of things that you can get off and that people don't sort of usually think about. So Yeah, it's definitely quite scary. And I guess, Steve, from a parent's perspective, what do you think on the importance of this? Oh, I think it's very important. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> oh, that missed time, that one, sorry. <coughs> Let's go with that again. <laughs> sorry. That's all good. You can just pick up from um, the question. Yeah, so, <coughs> sorry, I have to clean my throat. I've been talking all morning to you. <laughs> it's usually how it goes. <laughs> when I get on the mic. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I think it's very important. You know, having, and Craig and I were having a chat prior to coming in here and uh, I was telling him, you know, I've got five young children. Well, they're young adults now and um, one of my sons, he's 21. He's a gamer. He's studying IT. Um, and my other older boy, 28, you know, they've always been online because uh, they're both gamers, um, and Freddie has got into that area. So, you know, he's been, they've been in that space for a long time, as, you know, tw since they were 12 or 13. Um, and then you hear them mention stuff to you, and you go, oh, I'm not too sure about that. You know, we're talking about all that stuff uh, uh, just before, but uh, it is scary for parents, I, I think. And um, But I think, you know, what Badum is doing, and Craig was talking about, it, is something that for that generation... Um, below there, I think it's very, very important because, um, you know, we used to talk to our children about it because uh, we knew uh, they were online, uh, but there wasn't too much we could say because we didn't know that much ourselves. So uh, to have a program like this, I think it's amazing. Yeah, definitely. I think we also spoke earlier um, about the elderly as well. And can you tell us why they might also be targeted? I think particularly for the, the elderly sort of age group is, is because they're easier targets. It's... It, mm -hmm. Not putting that in a bad thing, but it's because they haven't had that sort of technological sort of upbringing. They haven't really used it all their lives and and they just sort of believe what they see a lot of time. And that's not no time for no sort of fault to their own. That's It's just the way they were brought up. It was pretty simple back then. They didn't have all of the social media and all of... The, so when they're sending these scams saying you owe money for a, an e-toll or for a, a tax bill, they just, they just believe that's true. And they'll just automatically go through it. So it's... The education is getting better in that sort of space where we're sort of helping get the message across don't answer the random text messages, you know, don't 
give them any details, hang up on a phone call and then call back and, you know, actually... You know, don't trust everything you hear on the phone or... Could I just I, I admit something? I, I got caught last year with the old linked... Um, the oh, the yeah. I, I, I got caught because um, I, I knew I had a, a bill to pay, so I was like, oh, get on there. And just bang, 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 bang. On, it was yep. a text. Yep. Gave him my details and I was like, I don't think that was... Then I realised what I'd done. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it can get you because it looked very much the same. And, you know, we, we talk about this also with the Australian Digital Health. Craig and I were talking about that with security around that. And we do a lot of media around scammers. We call them scam, you know, scamming yep. Yep. people. And it's there, you know. It nearly got me. I had to cancel my, my credit card and um, all that because I gave all that detail thinking I was going to the proper company, but it wasn't. Yeah, so, that's yeah. how it gets you. like, um, mimics... Uh, messages and stuff as well. Like I know there was that RACQ one that was going out and mm. it just it mimicked the whole message. So it's really convincing and it's definitely getting better at doing it as well, I think. And they've sort of gone to that sort of next step. The, the scammers on that sort of level. So once upon a time, probably four or five years ago, six years ago, you would sort of get those links, you'd open them up and they would look, you'd look at them and go, oh, they don't look real, they're not even close. But now they're actually realistically mirroring the, yeah. the sort of the real sites. So you, it's hard to tell the difference now, but, but yeah, it's getting more and more common, particularly the text messages around the tolls and things like that. You, you see yeah, a lot of that and now. there's a bit of uh, common sense, but people do things. Like I said, I've done it. Um, you know, something like the My Health Record, uh, which it comes up and they'll have the My Health Record, but um, so they say to people, you can go on there and get, um, sorry, but you get charged. So it's like, no, no, then you do all this media around... You know, if it's anything to do with my health record, it, it's free. So, but they were, they were catching people and getting them to submit, you know, their, their credit card details on the back of it. Yeah, it's quite scary what yeah. kind of organisations as well come after it, like that they mimic as well. I guess, why is it important for Mob to learn about online safety in a culturally appropriate way as well? Just my sort of gut feeling on it, I think it's it's just about making it sort of relatable and sort of understandable for them, sort of put in their own words, make it so it makes a bit more sense and make it so that they can sort of learn those lessons and sort of, you know, be at better adults and teenagers as they sort of go through and, and really sort of learn those lessons to keep themselves safe online. Because if, if we don't sort of educate them and pass on the right sort of messages now and sort of give that education early, then, you know, it will have that lifelong effect, like I said before. I, I think, yeah, the, the more we can make it relatable and approachable and sort of even a little bit funny and sometimes just to make it sort of stick, I think, yeah, it's a really good idea. Yeah, awesome. And our online world is ever-evolving. It's almost impossible for people to keep up with the best way to stay safe. What are your top three tips, um, that if you had to give any? I think the my biggest tip for anybody is before you post something on socials or before you share is always just take a bit of a step back and go, how could this affect me if this got out there into the rest of the world, not just my contacts or my connections, but sort of really think about it, you know, are these photos, do, should I really share this? You know, we all like to share a few happy snaps on the holidays and, you know, when we're out for dinner or something like that, which is great, but just sort of don't overdo it, don't overshare too much, don't, you know, I'm leaving home or I'm going here to shopping or something like that, just sort of have to think about the consequences if somebody that you didn't want to know found out that sort of stuff. So that's probably my biggest one is just don't overshare. Just have a bit of a think about before you share some things. I think the second one, um, a little bit more of a technical thing, but multi-factor authentication. If you can turn multi-factor authentication on on any platform or any app, turn it on, please. 
it's basically because particularly with passwords like if you're in a big breach like medicare or you're one of the other bigger organizations and your passwords get out there if you use the same passwords which please i hope you don't but uh, if you use the same passwords for multiple accounts once they have that they could log into your system but with mfa it is another line of defense to stop them getting into your accounts and taking over them and you see a lot of the time social media accounts are taken over and horrible things are posted on mm -hmm. people's accounts which yeah if you put mfa on it hopefully it will will sort of slow that down and probably the third one is passwords probably use something different don't use the same password if you're going to use the same password for your socials or something like that which i always say use unique ones but yeah try to your important things make sure they're different unique things make sure there's something that's not too easy to guess don't use your pets names or your kids names or anything <laughs> like that but yeah it's just just the basic things if you can do some nice simple basic things to try and be a bit safer and the oversharing is probably the biggest tip just keep that to a minimum and it will keep you much safer well, thank you so much for that advice. And I think a lot of people will be going home to change their passwords after this. And so thank you for your time here on Deadly Choices Radio. Before you go, what is your deadly choice? <laughs> <laughs> being cyber safe? Yeah, being cyber safe. <laughs> yes. yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Craig. No worries at all. I'll be back with Steve Renoff after this short break.
Hey you mob, does your bub have the birth certificate? Deadly Choices have teamed up with the registry to give Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander bubs a birth certificate package. You can choose from four deadly NRL-themed designs. Bub just needs to be five years or younger, born in Queensland, and up to date with their 715 health check and immunisations. To find out more or to book an appointment, contact your local clinic. A message from the Institute for Urban Indigenous Health. Station sponsor. Real life perspectives from our mob to our mob. Welcome back to Deadly Choices Radio. First, how was your New Year's and Christmas? Yeah, no, it was good. Thanks, Brooke. I, uh, we had a, a big family get-together um, here at North Lakes uh, with all my sisters and family and extended yeah. family, so it was great. Yeah, nice. So did you start the year with any New Year's resolutions? <laughs> <laughs> I, try, I, I try not to physically say that. Um, but, yeah, no, you know, it's, it's just around, you know, just trying to be better than what you were the year before, I think, um, you know, and, yeah. and trying to do the right thing. Yeah, that's a good one, I think. Um, not to put too much pressure on it and just kind of go in with a, I guess, yeah. positive mindset. Um, but we'll get into the big talk of the week. We had NRL All-Stars last weekend. What did you think of the game? Oh, I thought it was great. Um, look, and it, it was one of those games, and they're always going to be a little bit rusty, and they, that, the game got better as, as it went on, yeah. and probably being a bit biased because, you know, Selwyn Cobbo scores three tries yeah. in the last quarter. <laughs> Um, so yeah, look, it it was. I thought everything that's around that game is so good, you know, around the two cultures, and you know, it was in Rotorua, um, you know, and the boys they would absolutely love um, being on that trip and then playing uh, in that game. So you know, really from a player's point of view, I know they they want to win it, um, but it wouldn't bother them who won because it's just a great experience. Yeah, definitely. I guess um, that's my next question: is how special is this cultural experience for all the players involved? Oh, I think it's amazing. You know, the, the NRL uh, started this you know years ago. I remember you know GI talking about and JT uh, when they were first played the, their All Stars and how emotional it was for them, and they learned so much that they they didn't know about it, even about our own culture. Uh, but then to get you know, the transfer of another culture, um, I think it just enriches someone's life. Yeah, definitely. I think um, one of the points I made with a few of the ambassadors that I've had on is how important it is for also the Australian Indigenous culture to also go over to New Zealand and experience their culture. It's just like two worlds colliding, I guess, and coming together and a learning experience for all players. Yeah, look, and as I said, they would have thoroughly enjoyed it. And, um, you know, you get a lot out of that. Um, you know, um, you know, we, we know about our culture and our history here, but it's good to go and see another country's um, history as well. Yeah, definitely. And who stood out to you most during that game? Yeah, look, I, I think, um, you know, the All-Stars, obviously Luttrell and, you know, he's, he's always in the game. And um, But, yeah, for me, I, I, I just thought it was just uh, they, they played well. It was a bit, as I said, they started out, it was a bit uh, on and off and, um, you know, I, I think uh, I forget his name. I shouldn't forget his name, but the the Kiwi second rower, um, uh, he plays for Penrith. So he, I've always been a that's terrible, but I, I should know his name. <laughs> James Fisher. Yeah, James Fisher yeah. Harris. Yeah. Now he, I've always been a fan of his. Uh, I can remember when he first came on the scene, and he's just a machine. Yeah, he's scary. He's, yeah. he's a scary yeah. player. He reminds me of, uh, uh, I used to call him the, the little ghoul on tel- Gordon Tellus when he yeah. came on board. He had... <laughs> Raging bull. Yeah. Yep. It was funny. But, uh, yeah, no, I, he's, he always stands out. And I, I just think, it, as I said, great game. Um, Selwyn finished off his 
day, obviously, very well with the yeah. three tries. And, you know, he showed in – he's actually bulked up, which is great. He's, I, was, I was watching him and so he's done a bit of work in the off-season and he looks good. Yeah, and have you been around the Broncos camp in the preseason? How's it? No, not really. Um, uh, I haven't been down actually, but um, you know, I, I, I see a few things that's going on online, and um, they're going to be great. And from the games, from the their trials, I've seen a lot. There's a lot to like um, about the Broncos and in, in their trials. Yeah, definitely. I think um, last weekend against the Titans, they started off really well, put a few points on them, and Reese was looking really good. Yeah, I'm fortunate that. He got injured in that game, um, but it was good that Selwyn got the opportunity um, during this weekend to play fullback as well. And yeah, him. exactly. You know, they, they get to sort that out. So that, that, that actually worked out well that, um, you know, you get Selwyn a run at the back and because uh, there's a few of them vying for that position. I think Herbie said he, he'd put his hand up yeah. uh, for fullback. So, and that, that's good, good to have that in the club, have a bit of competition and um, I think the Broncos, Kevy and, and his coaching staff be happy that all these boys are hungry, uh, you know, coming into the first game of the season. Yeah, it's a bit of friendly competition, I think, a healthy competition. It's a, it's friendly and healthy and, um, you know, the, the obviously Reese with what he did uh, the previous week, he was on fire. Uh, his kicking was amazing. Um, so he, he brings a lot and I, I think we've... We've struggled a little bit with fullback over the past couple of years, uh, you know. So, and that's no disrespect to the guys that were there, but uh, Reese has got something special. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what they have in store for 2023. Um, on the NRL season, it's not too far away. It starts next week. Actually, is the first yeah. game round one. Um, who are you most excited for? Oh, look, oh, without I, I, being biased, and you know, I always track with the Queensland and obviously Brisbane. Um, the way they they finished the season, no one, they weren't happy with it. No one was happy with it. I, I don't think we'll see that again. I, I think you know that that they they learn from that and push on. You know they got put through the ringer a bit after that the end of the season. But um, so yeah, obviously the Broncos. But I, I actually, uh, someone said to me, "Oh, you what do you think about Redcliffe?" And I sort of had a, a think about that question, and I go, "Well, you got to give them a go." I mean, you got to remember back in nineteen eighty eight. Brisbane gave the Broncos a go. Yeah. So, and look what happened. You know, they're one of the most successful clubs around. And, you know, there's no, no reason why Redcliffe can't do that. Yeah, definitely. And under someone like Wayne Bennett, oh, too. Yeah. And we've spoken about it a bit on Deadly Choices Radio, but to have someone like Jesse Bromwich, I think, um, his experience to lead the pack as well, I think um, they're definitely in for a good year. Yeah, they, they've got some good forwards. And, you know, yeah. that's. and. You know, you, they say you build your your team around certain players, but um, when you some teams have great backs, you know, they talk about the spine and you want a good halfback, good hooker, but um, forwards do the hard work, and and Wayne has really signed some you know really experienced forwards, and um, so you know they're not going to take a backward step. Yeah, I think that's right, and I guess my question is too with trial games, do you think that they have much of an impact? On the season, or do you feel like it's just kind of feeler for the clubs to test their players out? Yeah, it's, a bit it's of a match fitness. Yeah, it's, it's just a feeler. It's a good way of getting a bit of match fitness. It's um, but you get to sort out if you've got a dilemma um in any positions, uh, yeah. you can give guys a run here and there, and um, you know the first one they they brought in some really young guys um that are around the club, which is great. Um, but then you know you look at that second, they bring more of their their gun players yeah. into that second trial, um, and it's just it's just to blow the cobwebs. To be honest, 
um, with because you know, by this time of the year, um, going through pre-season, as a player, you're hanging for a game because all you've been doing is training. And so you're sort of going, it's sort of like, <laughs> you know, you can't wait. You're know, chomping at yeah. the bit to get on the field. Yeah, getting a bit antsy. Yeah. I think um, the other game too over the weekend, St. Helens versus I, Penrith too. Did you catch that game? I did actually. And, uh, you know, I... I I, I, I love the concept. I, I was fortunate enough to play in three World Club Challenges. And, uh, but St Helens, that, they actually came out. That was just an ambush, wasn't it? It was yeah. like – but I really thought Penrith would have won that quite easily uh, without being two boys. That's you know? what um, I was going in thinking. I'm not a major Penrith fan, but I thought with them winning two NRL mm. seasons and the season that they've had as well to win them, I just thought, you know, they had it. Yeah, well, uh, Saints – and, you know, and I don't know too many of the players, but there's a, there's a few Aussies and Kiwis, I think, in that team. And um, but up front, they were, they were great. They're tough. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. And and Penrith have a good forward pack, and they really came to the fore. The St Helens boys. Yeah, they definitely did. And um, I don't think Penrith were missing too many no. star or key players as well, which I think was interesting. Kind of put them. Well, it, it probably shows. I mean, they've let go of a couple of players. We'll kick out. Was so important yeah. to him. He wasn't out there, obviously, because he's gone to Canterbury, I think, and yeah, yeah. so he's going to be a bonus for Canterbury. Um, you know, yeah, big time. And Appy, yeah. he's gone. To yeah, Appy, uh, Tigers now. So well, they, and actually, to be honest, they probably missed those two players. Uh, Appy, for sure. Yeah. Um, around the middle. Yeah, his spark, I think, coming yeah. and coming onto the field as well. Um, but onto the Dolphins so far with their trial games. Um, what do you think they will bring to the 2023 season? Yeah, look, I, I think they'll they'll win more than they look. You know what I mean? I, I think they'll be thereabouts. Um, Wayne would just be happy that they're competing uh, at that level and they're winning games here and there. I don't think they would think they're going to be in the top eight, um, yeah. even though I wouldn't, I wouldn't think Wayne would put that pressure on, on the team. Um, I just think they... This is a year where they can sort out and where we need to go, um, you know. But they, they need to run in a few wins, obviously, and do that early. Um, we used to always say, you know, and at the Broncos and our, our owners would go, it's all about bums on seats, boys, you know. And, and the way you do that is you win. Yeah, so, exactly right. <laughs> you know, yeah. So you've got to bring the crowd. So he'll be thinking that as well. Win the first few – get a couple of wins in the first few rounds and the rest, you know, should, should look after itself. Yeah, and I think it was really cool to see over the weekend when they versed the Titans, they played at Dolphin Stadium and the crowd was huge yeah. and they already had a Dolphin chant going. So I think it's going to be a bit of a cult following for the Dolphins team. Yeah, I think so. And they, they're always, they're going to, I think most games, Redcliffe are just happy we've got NRL. They'll, they'll pack out every game. Yeah, I think so. And I think I went to a couple games when the Warriors were playing there and it was nearly a sellout. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of... Yeah, the Peninsula, they love their rugby league. Yeah, <laughs> they sure do. Um, can you give us some 2023 predictions? What's your top four? Yeah, look, I think it'll be the same, same. I think the top four. I mean, you're looking at Melbourne, Parramatta, Penrith, obviously Penrith. Um, and uh, so that's three. What's Who's the other ones that are around there? Um, Broncos. Yeah, nice. well, yeah look, I, look, you know, the Broncos could have been there. Yeah, that's last the, year. So that's, that's the, the thing. that's the hard one, and yeah. I'd I'd put them at five, yeah. and I think they'd be happy with that. And I think so. I think that's an improvement. Yeah, from... yeah. But then you look at you look at the signings of other teams. Look at look at the Bulldogs. 
their yeah. signings. It's like, wow, they've made some big signings. Yeah, and uh, awesome to see that they've come on board with Deadly Choices too. So yes, they have. They yeah. have. They they did the launch the other week out at Toowoomba. So yeah, it was really awesome. To it's going to be that. working well. So yeah, look, and so they're they they're going to go well as well. But to, I, I think Brisbane, um, look, you know, look, the top four. They won't be in the top four, but they'll be up there. Um, they just got to show half of what they did last year. Um, they'll do all right. Yeah, I'm excited and really excited to see them and head to Suncorp for a lot of their games. Um, but we're getting through 2023 pretty quickly. Um, but what DC events are you most excited for this year? Yeah, look, I, uh, we always look forward to the to Murray Carnivals and um, look, I, I love the Elders Games and I know that they're not they're not really public, yeah. but you know what I mean. But I, I love them any, the same and the Gold Cup and. Um, you know, it, it, there's so much happening in DC um, at the moment. So, and you know, we we've grown so quickly, but but it's great that we're now attracting you know uh, different companies who are getting involved with us, Deloitte and and yeah, Batum. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's that's great for us and and for what we deliver around you know around the country. To be honest, from a DC point of view, uh, but from event wise, yeah, you know, it's um it's a big week for the Broncos this week. We, we're Doing our launch. Yeah, Deadly Choices launch. De- Deadly Choices oh, launch. Yeah. So we've got that and the Broncos have their their Broncos launch um, on Thursday night. So, um, yeah, awesome. you know, that, that that means, you know, footy's around the corner. Yeah, it really is. Starting off Thursday next week will be round one. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, Steve, and yarning with us about your safety and the NRL season. Finally, what's your Deadly Choice? A Deadly Choice? Uh yeah, just to, just to just to keep going with um with on you know trying my fitness, keep walking. Yeah, that's all I do these days, bro. Walk and a little bit of gym. Yeah, I think that's been your deadly choice every time. <laughs> yes. A lot of walking. That won't change for a while. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today, Steve. All right, thanks, bro.
Carson here with Deadly Choices. Do you want to tell us a bit about your program that you've got here today? Okay, and the program we've got here today is the Babilia program. It's a suicide um, intervention education awareness program. And we've come up here today to spread the strong spirit, strong mind message and checking in with mob and checking in with mates and the importance of looking after each other. So, yeah, we're taking this everywhere and anywhere we can to get the word out how important it is to check in on mob, mates and family. And how can Mob access your program? Uh, they can ring us at Thorough um, Aboriginal Corporation or have a look on our website. Um, we um, provide bereavement groups with Lifeline and um, we also are upskilling and training our community and elders around Aboriginal mental health and first aid. Awesome. And can you tell us a bit about your store that you've got here today down at the Murrayverse Crew? Oh, okay, so we've brought the lovely Babilia Ute up with us from Thorough, if you'd like to have a look. Um, we've got our promotional resources. Um, we're promoting um, the, the messages through the football to get a shirt. And, yeah, we've just come up to support the New South Wales teams and the, and the Murrays and get the message out. Well, thank you so much for your work here today. Welcome back. I'm here with the NRL. Do you want to introduce yourself and what you guys are doing here today? Yeah, my name is Neil Richards. I look after coach education for the NRL unit here in South East Queensland. Um, today we're running a series of drills just based on mainly games here for the kids. Obviously we have a fairly big age group from little ears right through to 12-year-olds. So we're just giving them some rugby league skills and get them engaged and give them a bit of fun. And what does it mean to you guys to see the little kids out here today running around and being active? Well, that's what it's all about for us. I mean, we want people playing rugby league and we want kids playing all sport. It doesn't really matter if it's rugby league. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's the great part about the job, really. I mean, look around. We're getting paid for this and these kids are smiling, laughing, having a great time. So it's perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time today. All right, thank you. Thanks for listening to Deadly Choices Radio, where we put the spotlight on e-safety. So let's recap. Online safety is more important than ever with technology being a part of almost every area of our lives, especially for our children who have grown up with technology. Deadly Choices is currently working on their new online safety program, which will see DC program students learn about the importance of staying aware online with a digital campaign to run alongside this. Batem Solutions, a Supply Nation certified organisation, has been working with Deadly Choices to help guide this program to ensure it is industry leading. So if you want to learn more, you can also purchase Craig Ford's book on cybersecurity. Don't forget, Deadly Choices is all about eating healthy, exercising, checking in on our mob and leading healthy lifestyles for generations to come. I'm your host, Brooke Carson. Thanks for tuning in. And I'll be back next week with Pedro Sanderson. Deadly Choices Radio. A show encouraging mob to make healthy choices from stop smoking, eating good food, exercising daily and getting a health check for themselves and their family. Featuring Deadly Choices Ambassadors, the Healthy Lifestyle Mob and many more. So tune in to Deadly Choices after 6pm each Wednesday and on demand on AAA Murray Country.